We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse through their industry. Pulse through their industry. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. Have to be consistent. You got to keep the big picture that hey, we're changing the world. We're changing. The league presents Electric People. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Electric People. Today we have on one of my all-time favorite people, all-time favorite people I've worked with, Chance Allred, uh, Chief Sales Officer of Vivint Solar. Awesome. So, Chance, we're excited to have you on, man. Well, you two are two of my favorites, too, so it's a pleasure. It's been a long road, Chance. It's been a long road. It's been a journey, a roller coaster, That's if right, you will. Man. So, and I always, I've been looking forward to this because normally Chance, like, sits us down and kind of, like, gives us the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm kind of excited to flip this yeah. table upside yeah. down. Yeah, I don't there's there's like some this. things we need to yeah, know. We're gonna, yeah, <laughs> it's, time to, it's time to unearth a couple, couple mysteries from Chance. Awesome. So it should be fun. So, um, Chance, one of the things, I, I've started working in direct sales, this is my 16th year. Okay. How long have you been in the game now? I started in 99, 2000. So yeah. So you were my first, like, leader. You were my first regional leader. It's crazy. Too old, it's still doing the same thing. We're still going to the same party, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you've, one of the things that I knew about you from, like, a, when I first uh, got started is first you had a sick Hummer back in the day. Yeah. Remember the Hummer? <laughs> yeah, th those went from like being super cool. You were the first person like, I knew that had uh, one. Anyone I don't know has them to the only people who drive those are like, you know, you shouldn't be driving yeah, those. <laughs> um, but I, I, I knew from a very um, early on that you love business. Um, and I, you know, I've gotten to hear some of your stories, but hopefully some of these will come out for the guys listening because you have a lot of friends and followers and stuff, but I don't know if like the, the early stories ever come out. So where did your love for business start? Is that accurate? Would you say you love business? Yeah, like yeah. so growing up uh, from a really small town and I you know, worked a lot of different jobs. Um, but I actually started my first company um, when I was in high school. So um, I just, I don't know, I would say it was just kind of in my, in my bones, I guess. Had and you always wanted to start one? Like, do, you, do your parents start, uh, like, own businesses or anything uh, like that? My mom owned a, a beauty salon, and my okay. dad was a recreation director. Um, uh, both my older brothers are doctors. When, um, you say, when you say small town, like, describe small town for us. Um, so 1,800 people. In the <laughs> okay. Wow. Like, yeah. for some context, four times that work in this building, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so... Um, 1,800 people. My graduating class was 42. Um, had, you know, uh, Those small Utah towns will have produced some insane talent for this industry. Yeah. I, well, I think you got to work hard and do what you can there to try to set yourself apart. And I think, uh, um, you know, and, and I also was exposed to a lot of things. You got to play all the different sports. You know, mm -hmm. got to be in the, you know, all the different clubs. And there's just, you, you kind of got to uh, do a little of everything um, being there. So I, I think it was great. And then, you know, great parents who always supported me and pushed me and held me accountable, so. But when you say you started your first business, it was an actual business. Yeah, it was a clothing company. Um, started it in the home ec room um, by, you know, uh, making making some clothes and then. Did you like um, assemble a team of like home ec like savants? Uh, no, or? there was just, uh, so the teacher was a neighbor and she was really supportive and so came up with some designs and then um, I went to Moab and Park City and after designed some things and you know, they started, uh, they actually made pretty big orders. So then started making it, couldn't make it enough. So this teacher actually had the whole mech students and all the other hours, like helping to make the clothes. 
Dude, that hey, free labor. Stra- yeah. Hey, strategy is, <laughs> strategy is one of your strengths. Yeah. And from an early age, you employed the students in your public school <laughs> to help make your business a reality. Yeah, and then uh, you know, and then we got bigger, got bigger orders. So then, had a place in Vegas, and um, wow. didn't have a line of credit or a credit card or anything. So that was interesting, trying to get my first orders in and through. And, and uh, then, what do you mean, had a place in Vegas, like an actual store? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, this is. Um, I, I mean, we didn't really have internet then. How so. old were you at this time? Uh, 17, I think, 16, 17. You're 17 and you lease a store in like a strip mall? Uh, no, this was a big, uh, they manufactured clothing. Okay. Yeah, so it was just, um, uh, you know, called them and, and got with them and got the designs and, and then they, they made the stuff. Mm. That's crazy because like most people, and it's probably a theme for like your career, like doing things that probably is possible but most people would never dare try. Is it, when I think being 17, would it have been cool to start a clothing company? Yes, but I didn't take the step. You know what I mean? What made yeah. you take that step? Like, um, I, I, a good question. I think it's, um, it's just kind of, I think, who I am. Like, I, I, like um, if I'm ever doing something where I feel like I'm not pushing myself to be my best, like internally, I have a really hard time like looking myself in the mirror, I guess. Um, just knowing, hey, I could be better, I could do more, and I'm not doing it. Um, I, I don't know, it's just kind of like been a thing for me. When you got into direct sales before, I mean, when I got into direct sales, I didn't know anyone that had had success. Like when I was getting recruited, I was meeting all these people that had had success, but the, the kids that get into the industry now are people that, their brothers and their friends, and like, we're old guys now in the industry. They know tons of people that have had success. So how did you hear about it, get into it, yeah, what so was, was it like? College had a friend who said, "Hey, I heard about this job. You go out and make, you know, a bunch of money during the summer." I was looking for a summer job. hadn't found anything I liked. I went to the meeting. I was like, um, and I asked at the meeting, "Hey, has anyone done this?" And everyone's like, "Well, the no. meeting for alarm sales." Yeah, it was alarm sales. Apex alarm. So you just like got a flyer or something, like come uh, and get a some pizza. Friend heard about it that they were coming. It was a pizza meeting. Yep. That's how I got recruited. That was a pizza meeting. So <laughs> free go, pizza, man. Yeah, it works. Go to the meeting, and. Um, um, you know, I asked at the meeting, has anyone sold an alarm? And nobody had. So I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, but I, I think I had like 50 bucks in my bank account at the end of the year. I didn't have another job that I was wanted to do or was excited about. And I knew I could sell stuff. Um, um, so, you know, uh, pe- you know, I called pe- you know, my family and others and said, I'm going to do this. And it was like, you're crazy. Where did uh, you go bit. first summer? Um, so I started out in Arizona. And... Um, Phoenix or Tucson? A Phoenix. The okay. office shut down after probably three or four weeks. Um, Rough start, but probable, a, based yeah, on the fact that no one a, had sold one of these yeah, before. Yeah, no one had sold one. Nobody had <laughs> installed one, and none of the people had like processed them either. So we were all learning together. And then um, and then switched to Sacramento, and um, actually ended up having a great summer. Um, selling alarms, and, and I was kind of hooked. I, I, I love sales, and, and um, went back to college, and, and I think... You know that next next year, I think I had you know I don't know 30, 40 people from school that I met and talked to that um, decided to come out and sell to. So the first time I was going to say, you mentioned the first time that you kind of met Chance. The first time I was introduced to Chance wasn't in person, but uh, I was working at a competitor. I started in two thousand four. At that point, Chance was like already like the guy in the industry, right? And um, I had never heard of him at this point. But one of my friends, the guy who recruited me, a guy named Brett Kessler, had worked with Chance, I think, in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then... I met him through his wife, actually, I think. It's yeah, cool. through yeah. Misty. And so Brett had these training videos that he had somehow bootlegged from Apex. <laughs> and like so recording it on his TV in the dark the room? The first introduction I had to home security sales... I actually watched an Apex training video like that training my friend video. And you didn't Brett, think that was weird of the company you worked for? Yeah, no, I didn't even think anything of it. I was like, oh, cool. Like, my friend Brett's just like, yeah, here's the training videos. And I was like, oh, sick. And uh, he's, like, he's like, we got some new ones coming out, you know, that'll be, you know, better. You know, uh, and I was like, right. I mean, I just didn't even think anything of it. How crazy. So I watched and I just see this guy, Chance Allred, salesman or whatever. Um, so that was my first introduction to Chance was... Uh, learning his door press. So uh, a lot of my home security success I would give to, you know, watching Chance's door approach when I didn't even work at the same same company. Well, we we recruit a lot together and one of the things that it's hard to it's hard to quantify. It's hard to tell people that don't know how important this is. Yeah. That I think one of the reasons that um, the Vivint companies have been so successful in direct sales is because of people like your background. The fact that you have been to a pizza meeting you asked the question, has anyone done this? You felt nervous. You went out and figured out. You've been in an office that's closed down. You recruited 40 people on a whiteboard and took people out. I think how important is it that the the company is run by people that have that, that know exactly what these guys are going through? Yeah, I think, I, well, first of all, I got lucky in a lot of ways that I was with, um, you know, a strong company. I think you know, uh, talking to a lot of people, I think coming in direct sales or even indirect sales, I mean, the truth is most direct sales companies go out of business. Most of them that are in business right mm -hmm. now are not going to be around four or five years from now. And I was lucky enough to um, kind of just the one that I was recruited with was a very solid, strong company and is now, you know, the largest direct sales company. Of and you just knew someone that was going to the pizza thing, right? Like, it's yeah. not like you did, like, market yeah. research or... Yeah, and, and, and but I think today's different. Now there's, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of options. It was kind of new. People were just learning. Um, but, you know, I, I see a lot of people coming in now. And um, and I think, um, you know, I think they need to think a little bit more like an executive, um, you know, as they're looking at these. As you're picking a company. As you're picking a company. I mean, you got to. Or, or if, if they're getting recruited by somebody or whatever, right? Even if they're yeah. working for. Well, I mean, good talent out there. Everyone wants them, right? Yep. Everyone wants them. Everyone's competing for them. Um, it's through pay. It's through perks. It's through product. It's through innovation. You know, they're, tr they're trying all these things to attract the talent because uh, good, you know, good salespeople are, they're really hard to find. They're hard to, to keep. They're hard to retain. They're hard to, because they just have so many options, right? Um, but but also good sales talent. I think if they were uh, a little bit more educated, um, they would also be um, you know more more successful. You know, I, I, you look at you know um, good executives, and the first thing when they're looking at a company, and the most important thing by a mile is well, what does the financials of this company look like? You know, what's the revenue? What are the costs? What are the debt? So uh, you think if a profit? rep is looking for a place to go? sell direct, mm -hmm. these are the questions they should be asking. Yeah, How it, often does anyone ask you these questions? Very rare. I mean, I've yeah. had a handful. Yeah. I've had a handful. Um, and, and I think, um, but I think that's the most important thing you should ask. Um, because to, you know, as you guys know, um, you're two of the uh, living legends here, but to, to be successful and where you're financially independent and you have a career out of this, um, you can't be jumping around all the time. You gotta like find a home and make sure that home is a good solid one. 
And then it takes years, uh, really, if you want to build a career. You can make a lot of money short term, um, but I think for a lot of people that are coming in are saying, hey, I, I, want to, I want this to either transition into a career or be a career, um, which, which means you've got to be, you, you've got to have a company that has that foundation. And if that foundation's missing, then all of the best ideas, all even good people, good intentions, good pay, you know, good products, it, it'll end up it'll end up unraveling. Um, so how do people how do people look like if 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 there are people listening to this that wonder, am I at the right company? Because I'm like you, I I had a friend that I snowboarded with that had done this before, and that was my guy. And is Eric and Mealy, and we worked together for ten years, and I feel lucky that I made the right decision too. But I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people with talent and hustle and drive and product where their business just went out of business. So how, how would somebody that's wondering if they're at the right company or looking to get into the industry, how do they, how do they start to understand if they're working would, for a solid ask, group? Uh, well, first of all, you need to understand what a financial looks like and I would ask to see it. Uh, meet with the, you know, the CFO of the company or somebody who runs um, the, you know, that part of the department. I mean, even when I came uh, to Vivint Solar, I, you know, I flew out to New York and I wanted to meet uh, finance. I wanted you know, to understand that. And that was the first thing I did is take a look at and spend a few days on that. And so I, I think with any company you work for, um, if they're a good company and they're solid, they'll show you those things and they'll, they'll, they'll let you kind of see under the hood. And if they don't, then um, that, that I would be concerned with that. So why is it's, it so important? Um, because uh, you're, you're putting your life's working. I mean, you're literally spending time away from your family, you're thinking your career, this is like, this is your future, right? I mean, and um, and you just, you know, you want to build your future on something that I think is a, um, it's a stable uh, you know, stable foundation. You know what's interesting about, about this concept or this, this principle of understanding the company you work for? I recently just got a quote for uh, car insurance, yeah. right? And I'm talking to the lady on the phone and she's, you know, she's basically picking apart my current policy with Geico, right? And she's like, you know, this happens, this happens, this happens, you're not covered, not covered, not covered. And the hard part is if you've been in a certain, a, a certain situation for so long and you haven't had, you haven't felt the, the, the negative side of it yet, right? Yeah. Um, but where she's coming from or the insurance salesman per se is coming from is they, see claims every day, right? They see claims where people don't aren't covered enough. They see claims where people don't have enough insurance and all of a sudden it sinks their life savings because they weren't prepared or whatever, right? So do you sometimes feel like that when you're talking yeah, to I mean, where, they, where they might have thought, hey, I'm getting this insurance for five bucks or 10 bucks cheaper a month, but they didn't realize that, you know, uh, kind of some of the consequences. And I think that happens, well, I mean, we see it every few months with businesses. Um, right, because you just have you have access to different information than most people, right? And so you see things from a different lens than even Ty and I because of the access of information, and you see the yeah. And the, I think that's what I'm saying is uh, take the time. Like uh, I see it from those len the lens because I look at it a lot, but it's not information that everyone couldn't look at. Is you know um, because the problem is is uh, great people oftentimes uh, run bad companies. And so um, I think people often judge, oh, I really like that person or I'm connected to that person or they're a great person, which is, um, I would say a lot of times very true, but it doesn't mean the company's a good company. And what I mean by good company 
is are they financially stable and going to be able to meet all their obligations commitments for the next five or ten years and most direct sales companies can't but you could tell very quickly if you looked at what was the revenue what's your debt and expenses what's your net profit and you know how does that how does that look compared to the other companies I'm looking at right and that that should be a big part of the decision making so if I'm a rep why do I care about all that stuff I'm getting my paycheck every Friday why does that matter um, because you're, you're building yourself you you want to be a manager right well first of all you want to get paid um, and yeah getting paid's good getting paid's good um, <laughs> usually the, the yeah. second thing is um, I you know hopefully you really care about your customers right um, and I think to, to feel good about selling anything you got to feel like this customer's going to get taken care of and this company's going to be around uh, to take care of this customer like I mean that's got to be a given if you're worried about that um, it's gonna make it hard for you to really give it your best effort in selling and then you want to grow as a leader and growing as a leader is uh, isn't you know it's a it's a multi-year kind of event um, and process to to grow and develop and learn and mature and um, and if you know if you can be in a place um, that's going to be around, then then you're not starting back over somewhere else or taking two steps. You know, you see people in direct sales all the time, two steps forward, three steps forward, two steps back, or three steps back, and then they're starting over. Um, we're like, you guys came on early with Vivint Solar, right? And you felt, you know, and you've been here for a while, so you sold, you kind of were the top salespeople, then you ran offices and were the top salespeople, then you ran a region um, as a director, we're still the top salespeople and a manager, and then you added on top of that. Now your VPs, you know, both run in regions. So, but you know, that was five years in the making, and then before that, you had also had you know ten year years, careers, um, so, uh, you know, learning everything that you needed to know to do that. So you talked about, you know, one of the reasons it's so important is because eventually you're going to want to be a manager and grow. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't know your story. So how did it? How did you transition from? you know, figuring it out in Arizona to growing in leadership and ultimately the path you're in now and how you got to Vivint Solar. I mean, you can do it quickly, but it's so rare that somebody from a town of only 1,800 people would end up being the CSO of a, of a massive energy company, uh, one of the most significant energy companies in the world, right? So yeah. how- we're the largest energy provider in the US. That's our goal. So. Yeah. We're, we're working hard, but we got a lot of wood to chop to get there. So one of the things that I wish I had done is I wish I had seen the vision for what this could have been sooner. I spent a lot of years doing well, but when I really understood this could be a career that could give me advantages that no other career could, that's when the growth really happened. Is that something that you saw from the beginning or was it gradual? I didn't actually know where it would go or what it could become. Um, I, I think for me, um, and when the industry first started, like how much people made, where it could go, nobody knew, right? It was really young. I mean, my first summer, we, you know, we didn't even, you know, there was, we didn't know what we, our sales pitch was. We were figuring it out. We had a van with lights and had special promotions. That's my favorite we, part, by we, the way. We'd run to the door and say, <laughs> Dude, hey, that wouldn't you, work today, a van with this? lights. Did you see the special promotion? We're in the neighborhood. <laughs> and then it was before cell phones, so we'd call in the walkie-talkie. I remember my first sell. I get what in, year I'm is like, this, by the way? This is like uh, what? 2000. Okay. 99, 2000. Mm -hmm. So I get in the house. I was like so excited for the sell. You're um, in. You're in the house. Yeah, I'm in the house, and we're like a half hour into this. I'm like, okay, now it's time to call this in. I got to get the credit check, and we did over walkie-talkie. So I turn on the credit check, and you know, you got twenty 
guys out there knocking doors and then just the stuff they were saying i was like turning it down they're all and then on turning the it <laughs> yeah and you know none you of them had even made a sell and so i'm trying to call it into my manager and i can't believe the deal actually ended up going through but it did it got installed he's like a surveillance guy in the van yeah. waiting to call in credit from yeah, the walkie-talkie so, yeah and then if they were out of range you would just sit there and like hope that the special promotion van that had the manager in it would drive back in range <laughs> so you could get it get called in you know um, so anyway, but we, you know, learned learned a lot, and and, and came a long ways. Uh, so sold um, for two years was you know kind of um, I think one of the you know one of the top reps, and then managed um, uh, managed the team. Um, the team when, did awesome. I, I feel like Chance always glosses over this, but like when he's like, yeah, I sold for a couple of years. I think I was the my, top. One of my yeah, I think I was the top. No, like Chance was like amazing, right? And I think one of my all time favorite. Uh, chance like fun facts is you went two full summers without uh, bageling right yeah so two full summers you sold every single day of the summer not you didn't miss a single day which even like a lot of the top guys that you know even nowadays the sell it's three easy. you just don't go home if you have a bagel you yeah it's going. like you just keep, <laughs> it's gonna be a late one yeah, but even just like the top guys in the industry in all direct sales like they'll still have an off day every now and again mm -hmm. right and it's like to be that consistent for that long, um, unless you've done it, it's it's may, maybe hard to appreciate. But that's like that's a really impressive stat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fun, and I, I think uh, you know, just don't quit if you don't have one. And then I would break my day up into you know three or four segments, so I felt like I had to get a zero four times if to get a zero on the day because you know created a little urgency. Right. That's actually um, a common thing. A lot of our top performers have said they break their day into a couple sections. So it's not one day, it's three. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, and then I managed a team and uh, had a really awesome team. You know, it was uh, kind of the top team in the industry. Um, um, and things just, you know, things were going great. Uh, the next year I came back and the, the team um, that we put, toge that put together did about half of the half or maybe even less than half the volume of the year before. We took second place. And I remember at the end of the year, I was driving home, and I remember right on State Street where I was, and I just had this fire burning in me. It was hot. I could, like, I can still feel it in there. And I was just so mad because I knew I didn't give it my best effort. I was so like, your team did less, but it was, you don't feel like you. My team did less. I didn't sell as much. Um, everyone's like, you got, you did second most in the company, and you're still, you know, awesome. You know, had great summer selling, but... I knew it just wasn't it does wasn't what my potential was it wasn't I just kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit and I was so mad at myself like I was like justifying it for a while but I remember driving home I felt that fire in me and nobody else was in the car with me and I just committed I'm like I will not do this again like um, I you, you can't whatever I did in the past it doesn't matter like you've got to be um, you, you got to act like it's your first year you got to act like you have something to prove you got to like internally, you gotta just you gotta innovate. You gotta keep going, and um, I think I've done pretty good since then. Of, of really trying to give it my best, you know. Um, uh, then you know was a, a director and a regional at Apex. Um, started another alarm company, Platinum. I mean, you know, our first year we did thirty six thousand accounts. Grew, grew that company. Why did um, you decide to start Platinum? Um, man, I, I really loved the experience I had and the people that I worked with. So it was actually a really, really hard decision. Um, but I just, I was just kind of, a, I was an entrepreneur like heart. I just, 
was an entrepreneur and um, just, you know, I'd started a company in high school and I just knew that that's kind of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I don't, I, it was kind of like in my head, nobody was going to talk me out of it and it didn't matter what, like I had to experience that as mm -hmm. like part of my life. Um, and so, um, yeah. I, I want to hear, I want to hear more about Platinum just because we talked about this the other day and I asked you at what stage of your career were you just burning at both ends the hardest and you know you talked about this time but but i also want to say uh, incidentally um year two of platinum had to have been the highlight of your actual entire professional career because that's when i came to platinum yeah that was <laughs> i was gonna bring that up too that was amazing i think they did like fifty thousand accounts the second year yeah. and um, i think the most an alarm company had done you know the uh, first or second year was a few thousand accounts and so um it was you know it was really fulfilling and and uh, I mean, Adam, you got, you got us there, so that was awesome. Well, and, I remember and Ty wasn't, with, you know, Ty wasn't there, and so that was, um, you know, we came back t together. I guess. But I'll, I, I, I will tell you later. this: um, to um, something you should be proud of is we were we were in a recruiting industry. We want all the good yeah. talent to work for us. And I remember multiple times when um, we'd be talking to somebody that when I was at Vivint, and. They'd say, oh, I want to work here, work here, work here. And I would look at them and say, if you don't work with us, you need to go to Platinum because at least you'll be trained well. And like, kind of how we started, it's really important that the sales leaders, to me, have experienced what the salespeople go through or you're, you're always going to be a little off. Unless you know what it feels like, it's hard to make decisions for people that are in that situation. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. When I, when I, I remember the first time I went into Platinum, so... I just had, um, I made it, I went through a, a much uh, smaller scale sort of like cycle where I got recruited by this small company and um, of course they just appealed to my ego and I was going to get this big like title and whatever and I went over there and it was just a disaster and I, I take the large part of the blame for that like looking back on it and um, but after eight months um, it was obvious that opportunity wasn't going to work out for me and I was too prideful to go back to Pinnacle where I had just left and Platinum had just had this amazing first summer and I was just intrigued and I'd never met Chance I'd seen obviously his training videos um, I'd never met any of his partners I literally didn't know a single person at Platinum I don't even know how I got your number um, actually I don't think I got your number I think I got um, Jeremy's number mm -hmm. and set up a, a, a meeting go over there sit down in an office and I can remember sitting there and being recruited by chance and I remember he broke out a notepad and he just asked me all my goals he asked me all this different all these different things just about what I was trying to do and then he kind of went through and explained how he was going to help me accomplish that right so um, and then of course uh, had a great year with you something I want to come back to here in a little bit though is at the end of that year I actually left and went back to Pinnacle again. And I had literally just had the best year I'd ever had in the alarm industry with Chance. And I got recruited back and, and I think I felt, I don't know why I made the decision to go back. I had some really good relationships over there and, and just kind of felt like I did them wrong the first time I left them and felt this pull. But something I wanna get back to with you is I would say you're one of the best recruiter, if not the best recruiter in the direct sales industry not just with people you interact with the first time, but people you've lost um, seem to always come back. 
And what what is it that you, how is you, what's your approach to that? Because you've, I mean, you, there's leaders all over the solar industry, all over the direct sales industry that you recruited initially have left. And then a lot of us have come back. And what's your approach when something like that happens? Well, well, first of all, life's crazy, right? And life is actually hard. It's, it's a roller coaster. I think for everybody, you have ups and downs, um, you know, um, and, and I just think, you know, um, I think we create so many awesome friendships and um, and relationships um, that I, I I see all the time that just you know you can, they can get torched pretty easily just because you're working at a different company or and um, and so so for me you know I looked at you Adam as you, you were my friend regardless of where you worked um, we both could have worked anywhere and and I felt like we were friends um, and you you know you were making a decision that you felt like was best for your family. And, and for me, um, you know, I didn't, it, for me, yeah, it hurts, but it was, it was like, it's just a reality check. Like I need to create a better opportunity here, a better company, a better opportunity. You're not going to win them all. But if you, if you genuinely have the best opportunity and you have the best tools, you have the best foundation, you, you know, you, you, um, you have the best culture. Like these are things that are really hard to put together. But if you do that, then that's where people people are drawn to that atmosphere. People are drawn to those companies. And, um, and so, you know, putting that together and then, um, I remember, you know, we started, uh, Vivint Solar and, and for me, you know, uh, I was like, well, I've, you know, built a couple really big and, you know, some of the biggest, uh, sales forces in the world and, and successful. And this was kind of my third crack at it, um, with Vivint Solar. And, um, and something that was really important is that, you know, and I, when I started it reflected like, okay, what, what's important, um, that, what have I learned? And I had a whole notebook that I wrote of things that I learned and, and I wanted to take all this stuff that I learned and kind of simplify it into some, a few principles and, you know, you know, kind of guidelines. And, but one of them is, is I just want to work with people that I know are the best and that I just really enjoy working with. And you two, um, were two of the people I you know, that were my favorite to work with and were also the best. And so I remember I called that, you know, called Adam out of the blue and, and spent time with Ty. Um, and it was just like, and then that's honestly what's been like, I don't even feel like I go to work anymore. I'm like, and it's because of the people that we're with, you know, we got, um, but, um, but I think that's important. And, and, and I would suggest that to anyone as you're doing this, like life's too short to just work with people you don't like to work with. So, um, you know, um, figure out who you like to work with and who's successful and and then put yourself in that situation and you'll have you'll be more successful but more importantly you'll you'll have a lot more fun um, in, in your career well and I think that um, in direct sales I always I believe that athletes as we call them they perform in a manner consistent with how they feel yeah. right these salespeople have this this ability to connect with people because they're hyper in tune with their feelings, right? And other yeah. people's feelings and how to make these connections. And I think what you just hit on is really important. And I hope the people that are listening to this that are on a team look around and, and notice the people they're working with. And if they like them, how rare that is to work on a team where, man, I enjoy all these people. And if you're leading the team, if you've, if you're, first of all, if you're leading a team and it's full of people that are unintentional or whatever, get recruiting and make a deliberate decision. But if you're 
the ability to create a world where you get to create business and work with people that you enjoy, that's just something that most people go to a job and they get hired and they're stuck with who they're stuck with, right? Yeah. And they have to deal with them and work with them, but this is an opportunity to surround yourself with dynamic, impressive people. And that, I, I agree with you. I mean, we've worked really close, but that's, that's one of the highlights of my entire life is being able to work. It, it makes it so that you can ride some really bumpy roads, which we've ridden, but it's just not so bad, right? It's yeah. an adventure with people you like, Give and it it's gas, drudgery. Right? Yeah. Give it the gas, man. It's crazy. Um, so when you talk about the early days of Vivint Solar and what, what your strategy was, I'm a little more interested in the strategy than the happenings. Okay. But you had your third crack at building a sales force, mm -hmm. which your experience bringing you up to this point, I can see a couple things from what you've said. But number one is your um, theory or belief that a leader has to lead from the front. Yeah. I was right. convinced of that, and I had been talked out of it before, even though inherently I knew it was true. So talk about that, because that's something I think in the industry that a lot of people, if people we go back and forth on it all the time. Yeah. Well, a, lot, a lot of our leaders are attempted to be recruited away from us with this concept of, oh, we're not going to make you sell anymore, right? Yeah. And there's this you're a leader, you're not a door knocker. Right. There's this temptation to like take that bait. You're a manager, you're not a door knocker. Leaders yeah. knock doors. But yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. That, that's right. what they say. That's but right. You're 100 percent right there. So what? So what is your? Why is that? Why do you feel that way? I have. Uh, I mean, I was just looking. At, um, uh, I'm also very data driven. So I was just looking at data and looking at offices. You know, I'd seen hundreds of offices. Um, you know, uh, be, before here, you know, thousands. Um, when you look at all the different offices I'd seen that were with other companies and everything. And I just kind of outlined like what were the similarities, like trying to trying to, like without emotion, figure out what's the secret sauce. What I guess actually you could works. Say. What actually works. Yeah. And they all had a leader that led from the front personally with their personal sales. All of the best offices that I knew of that I could track, and especially the ones that would sustain it for more than once, one season, three months, you know, three four months or multiple years. Um, that was like uh, uh, th that was the one constant that I saw um, every time, and so um, I, I and I inherently I knew that that was true because when I would sell more as a manager, that it was really easy to motivate the team. You is easy to you had more influence. Like people want to follow somebody who's leading from the front, especially in this industry, and so that was you know that was a staple for us ever since we started uh, Vivint Solar. Is if you want to lead and you want to manage. You got to be good at being a leader and have all those skill sets, but you got to you got to continue to lead from the front um, and to to maintain the influence because people that work for direct sales they're commission only they they they're not you know and uh, salary is much different um, and and even how you see bad managers manage salary people all the time and the people still work for them. But in direct sales you don't see that it doesn't last if you're not a great manager and a great leader. Um, that your direct sales, your commission only, you can work wherever you want, and you won't. They're going to leave you. They're going to leave. They're going to go other places, and so it's you know it's all about influence, and you gain that. And one of you know a big piece of the influence is, is uh, you got to lead from the front. So we've maintained that, and I think it's been a, a staple for our success. Is kind of one of the principles that that we've that we've uh, we've gone by, and we've had a lot of leaders that you know could recruit and wanted to manage and lead but just didn't want to sell and it uh, ended up you know it ended up not working out that they could lead a team because that's a, a requirement 
I think one of the cool things, so when you, when you had um, taken up the task to create the Salesforce here, the fact that one, you sat down and got clear on, it, this isn't going to be, I'm going to recruit people and hope this works. It's, these are the type of people I want to bring to the, to work with. Yeah. And this is how we're going to work. So it's lead from the front. It's good training. It's good culture. It's communication, all of these things. And it's the six habits. We still live by them, right? right? We still use them. Um, but as, as you go forward, that lead from the front one is an, it's often unpopular, right? Very it's one unpopular. of those things that it's like, oh, that means, right? Yeah. But I find it interesting that, that a lot of the people that we've interviewed before they've had success, they've sat down and created their code. They've sat down and created like, these are the things that I'm going to focus on. Yeah, and it's, and it's not only people that I see that have gotten to the positions they want. It's not only lead from the front, but it's lead from the front for years longer than they, than they thought they should or was even required mm-hmm. to. And then that's when it like that's when it solidified, and it was like, okay, yeah, you know, you're the you're the VP now. Like this, uh, you already have all the influence. It's uh, it's you know, um, like you don't even really have to say who's in charge. Everyone knows uh, because because you're the leader. Well, and a lot of times, what when I talk to like our directors and our DMs. I'll say your job isn't to do what you necessarily want to do. It's to do what's required and and what will inspire your teams and what will create growth in your market. And your teams just the teams just need to see a leader leading from the front, right? I mean, it's the guy that's willing to carry the flag. And I think the the thing that you always instilled um, in me was I, I can remember a clear conversation. And it was the first winter that we were kind of heading into with Vivint Solar. And, uh, you know, we were like debating, do we send everybody out to California or whatever? And we, we made the decision to stay out in the Northeast. And I remember talking to Chance, you may not even remember this, but um, you said, you know, this winter is going to be a precedent for all winters to come. And so it's really critical that you approach this winter the right way. And like, you have to show everyone what's possible in the winter time in New England, right? So I really took that personally and took it as a personal challenge to like, to go after it. And um, anyway, so I think we, I think everyone that's interacted with you can like remember these times where uh, they've sort of been inspired by something you said. Do you ever find it like surreal when people tell you stories, even from like years ago, where they're like, oh yeah, I remember you told me this. And are you ever like, Oh, that was pretty good. Like, I, don't even I, remember, said that. I don't even remember telling you that. You know? Yeah, like, uh, and again, I think it's, um, it is surreal, actually, and even you saying that to me and, and um, the other stories, because uh, for me, I, I, um, I'm the type of person um, uh, who I'm, I'm like, uh, really, like, looking forward, looking to the future, and, like, I'll occasionally stop and look at the past and look at notes to help my decision-making, making but I don't really look at it that often other than other than that and so yeah it, it, it is surreal because even now I'm like you know we have got so much work to do and there's you know there's um, just so many big projects and and we're you know I mean we're just literally getting I mean we've grown we've been great successful but we're also just getting started in a lot of ways and and so um, so yeah that's uh, I guess I I haven't thought about it like that um, I, I I usually kind of my brain is always kind of going 100 miles an hour and thinking of the future. Um, when I think of 
my own path, it's there are some real high high points, and there's some really difficult lessons that I've learned. I, I think direct sales makes you look in the mirror more often than perhaps any other job because it's so personal, right? Yeah, and I don't think you you can't you can't avoid those bottom uh, the bottom parts in direct sales. If you're going to get in it and you're going to be successful, you just got to know they're coming. Yeah, and they're going to be probably harder than you thought they were going to be, and and sometimes last longer than you thought they were going to be. Can you think of any specific like lows that you came out of and you you learned something or something that was a real struggle that pushed you maybe more than you thought that you came out uh, with a theory or a belief that you have employed since? Yeah, I would say um, you know I kind of mentioned building three kind of different cells uh, mm-hmm. for cell forces. Um, in my career, it's kind of like, I would say, maybe the biggest things uh, career-wise that I've done. And the start of all three of those were much harder, took much longer um, than um, than I would have imagined. And oftentimes I thought, I'm not succeeding right now like I thought, and it's going slower than I thought, and it's harder than I thought. Do you think and, maybe I'm not cut out for this, or I'm not the guy, or does it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone kind of thinks that at some point, and and for me, well, it's, it's kinda, lonely at the top as yeah, well, right? Yeah, it's lonely, and um, and you know when it's you, you know you're two steps forward, and then all of a sudden you you're you know you just recruited and you build it, and then you lost uh, some people, or you had customers you, you you lost, or pricing got changed, or financing uh, drastically changed on you out of no control of yours and it's just like you know and and um and so so your your initial plan is just usually doesn't ever work i mean you can have a vision of where you want to end up but i've just noticed that it usually takes longer and is harder than you thought to get there um and when you get there um uh, which is cool you're like hey this is where i wanted to go like it actually you know, we just announced at Vim Soar, we did a gig, and I remember when we first started, and then, you know, there was all the times where we were like, I don't know if we're going to get there. And, mm-hmm. I mean, how many doors knocked, how many people, like, that's insane. Um, but, um, you know, I, I would say my advice is just, you know, um, I know you ride motorcycles, um, uh, you know, it's, when, you get on, when you get on a bumpy road, and if you go slow, it kind of jars your teeth out. If you give it the gas and you you know you can kind of smooth it out a little bit and so that that would just be my that's how i've done it is just when things have gotten rocky and choppy it's like i don't know what else to do other than just gas it as hard as i can and then um you know and then you'll find that it kind of smooths it out a little bit i i believe that man that's something my dad taught me he he said it once in passing and i it's kind of the same for me it's he always tells me that the gas will get you out of a lot more trouble than the brake will yeah, because it's instinct to be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is crazy. Maybe I should stop instead of. But it's a unique person that leans back and throttles down, and says, "This is going to be bumpy." Yeah, you're but. out on the doors. You're knocking. You just had two cancels. You want to go home. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're exhausted because you just worked. Nothing went right. You had two cancels. But what you really should do is you should go harder for the next two hours. You end up closing the deal and you pull out of it. And the exact same thing happens at every level in business. You know, hmm. all the way up to a board level and running running a company. It's the exact same principle. It's just applied a little bit different at each stage. But you got to stay on your front foot. You got to stay aggressive, and you got to give it the gas when things get choppy because that's all you can do. Um, it's so funny. I'm, I'm as you, as you're talking. I'm thinking about 
managing the Boston office. And how many times did I call Chance and go, hey, um, we're going through a bit of a rough patch right now. Like I just lost a couple guys or we're training a bunch of brand new guys or whatever. Um, you know, what do you think we should do? And the first question Chance will always say, and he already know, I already know, he already knows the answer. He's like, well, let's look at your personal sales and see uh, how you've been doing this month so far. <laughs> and um, and then I'll be like, yeah, all right. And then Adam's he's like, like, you're so insensitive. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then he'll be like, well, when you had your best month, this is how many you sold, and you're having your worst month, so look how many you sold. He's like, so it looks like you just need to work hard. And I'm like, yep. Good, <laughs> good talk. Good talk, Jen. Well, like, the thing is, I could, I could, you know, I, I would say with you, I, uh, we had a relationship where I could be really open with mm-hmm. you. Sure. Um, because I, I knew what the problem was. But most people, if things aren't going well and you say, hey, I want you to go out and sell some more, uh, my team isn't doing good. It's like counterintuitive. They're like, no, no, no. You know, I, I need to spend more time in the office or I need to do more of this. It's like, no, that's where you should spend more time. And, and by giving it the gas, you'll be able to smooth it out over time. Mm. Um, but, um, but I would say that's one thing that made you successful, Adam, is you could take that criticism or that help without being offended by it. Sure. Um, other people that I've worked, worked with, I couldn't give them that. I knew that that, that was the answer, but by, you know, by, you know, yeah. By being too, you know, straightforward with what they didn't believe was the right answer, you, you know, you, you, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, you, you couldn't help them. Well, as my wife knows, with me, you just have to just tell, you have to hit me in the head with a hammer. Yeah. So, I wanted to kind of end with this. We've got a ton of brand new people that are flooding Vivint Solar right now. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this just yesterday in our meetings. How. Um, how the large majority of our sales force right now are new people. What advice do you have for, for someone that's coming into the business today um, or even someone that's been with us for just a couple months? Um, well, I would go, you know, one, I think you got to keep the, you, you, get, you got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. Like the product we sell is insane, right? I mean, you're going to a customer's house, you're saving money. It's almost like um, too good to be true. Um, um, but, once you actually hit the doors and you start selling and you start learning, you usually kind of get punched in the nose a little bit, and it's harder than you thought. Thought or most people thought, and it's, it's actually, you know, um, it's challenging. And and I would say, you just got to give it the gas. You're going to have a lot of those bumps, a lot of those pitfalls, and they're going to uh, they're going to be harder and more of them your first two, three, four months, and um, and that's really the only way the only way to do it. But you get through those months with some success and more importantly than success is confidence if people have self-confidence they believe in themselves they they um maybe other people don't believe in them but they believe in themselves and usually that comes by having some success and some really good people around you Um, but that self-confidence will grow into um you know a great career a lot of money financial freedom and, and leadership and so um you know um believe in yourself um, and, and you do that, you, you, you get belief in yourself by putting action and giving it the gas, go out and work when you don't feel like it, put the extra effort in that you normally wouldn't have. As you do those small things, your confidence grows. When your confidence grows, you're more effective on the doors, you're more effective as a leader, you're more in tune with the vision of your future as an individual, and, and you're going to be a lot more successful. Yeah, I, confidence is a collection of personal victories. I totally believe that. The thing I like is you didn't say go out and sell a hundred. 
You said go out and do the things you can control. Work the hours, give it gas, give it fire. That's where the confidence comes from, right? The confidence doesn't necessarily come from the result, but the action. Yeah, the right? effort. Yeah. Well, Chance, I, I mean, I feel really lucky. Uh, Adam and I get to have these conversations pretty frequently, and uh, you've been a great mentor for me and for the people. You've affected lives across not just this industry, but they'll go forward and teach this stuff to their kids. And I, you, you always talk about changing the world. I've been inspired by that, and you, you really have, and it's, it's really, really impressive. So thank you for sitting down with us today. This has been another episode of Electric People, and catch us again next week. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.